Hey, Assalamu alaikum. This is Maruf, uh, your host, Muslims on Fire. Today we have a Islamic graphic artist from UK. His uh, pseudonym is Tickster. Hey, Assalamu alaikum, brother. Welcome to the show. Walaikum uh, salam. It's a privilege and an honor to be part of your show. Thank you. Did I, did I say it correctly? Tickster? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Do you want to, do you want to, I think let's start with this. Do you want to share the name like where it comes about what does it mean it doesn't mean something uh, okay well the thing is is a lot of people ask okay, a lot of people ask me where i came we originated the name from now funny thought funny thing um and this is probably rooted in islamic art is that i think my name came around because when you look at most artists they kind of show off their ego and you and you can see that a lot in Western art. It's like, look how clever I am, look how look at look at my genius, look at this, look at me, 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 me. And it's all ego oriented. Mm. But I think with the one of the roots in Islamic art, it kind of keeps the ego in check. Mm. So then what you're so when you create Islamic art, for example, it's not your ego that you're displaying. It's the message is bigger than that. The message within Islamic art is greater than that because in the day, Islamic art is displaying, you know, the glorifying the divine God and so on. And that's the purpose of Islamic art. So then to put my name, real name against that, I felt kind of like I was doing myself a disservice. So then this is where I created the Teakster the name. Um, it's a play on words of my own name, but it's also trying to keep my ego in check. So it's like, you know, not making me famous. And the, it's more the piece that I want to basically celebrate rather than my own name or my association with that piece. Okay. Does it mean anything? Does it mean, it, um, does it mean anything? So the short answer is no, there's no meaning. It's just, it's just a, a play on, like I say, a play on words of my own name. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's fair enough. Okay, then... Then, then, I, then I will keep calling you Dixter. Is, is what you prefer during the? Interview? Sure, we can go with that. <laughs> okay, Dixter. Okay, um, so you know, uh, on the show, one of the things we do is that I see you as a graphic artist who is um, who is doing what he loves and who also making a living, right? And uh, and yes. so this is where it is today. And and for a majority of the people, as long as as long as Muslims as well, I, I guess this is where we want to be. Right? We want to make a difference in the world. We want to do what we enjoy and we want to solve a problem. We want to be useful. And so hopefully we will make a living, right? This is, I think the, I believe this is the best in, in, in the world. Imagine doing your passion and making a living, right? Being out of this. So for majority of the people though, I think this is a kind of, this is too good to be true, right? They say, oh, this, you can say this because, but we have to go to job 95. And today interview is that again what we're going to do is that we will instead of focusing on what you do right now we will come back and discuss as well but we will start back the way back right maybe as as as, as early as your childhood uh, the memories and your journey right because many people if as you mentioned some people people want to focus on themselves um, but in our interviews we want to focus on uh, on the journey right on the backstory sure. what made you today where you are today so with your permission then Bismillah, then let's start and tell us tell us um 
about your early childhood, what you remember, what inspired you to be who you are today? I think this is one of the things, to be, to be a great artist, it doesn't matter if you say visual arts, vocal arts, or so on, or maybe, you know, even storytelling, you have to like have use your own experiences. And I think this is quite crucial because um, I think, you know, as a person that living in a, a country which is not, I would say, would natural to your parents' heritage, you'll always have a clash of identity. So one thing I've tried to learn is that sometimes you want to be part of something, um, but even though you, as hard as you try, you're still a kind of like um, a person from a different, a person from a different background, a different heritage, and especially when you're growing up in the UK, in some in some of the places that I grew up, there was racism, which was kind of like predominant. So, you know, one of the beautiful things about creativity is that. Um, as long as you create something which is amazing or beautiful, it doesn't matter where your class or your background or where your heritage form, people connect with something which is beautiful. So then, you know, during my younger days, I was really interested in the creative designing work, making beautiful pieces of artwork, designing um, brochures and stuff, and little pet projects and stuff that I used to do in my own time. Um, but as with all kind of like parents, uh, that that migrate into like the Western world, they didn't see that as a secure job because, you know, there's so many. It was an untapped, um, you know, area. So people feel more comfortable if you have a low income job which is consistent than mm. something which is riskier, which has a huge amount of rewards. And I think when I was growing up, that was quite common. Although I've kind of be honest with the more younger and newer generations they're taking more steps that previous generations never had for example you now have this you know first of all there were niche like muslim fashion that was a niche as i was growing up. now it's common as anything um and hopefully if i have children i'll basically you know if they'll say i wanted to go into fashion rather than you know tell them off and say no i'll probably say okay where's your business plan you know where are you going how are you going to support this what your ideas what's more importantly what's separating you from everybody else and i think that's the most thing i think some people just cut and paste stuff which they see successful rather than you know using your own creative ideas and tap it into something new and i think that's what connects with when i started doing my own pieces as i was going through the years is that i saw a lot of stuff but it was a lot of repetition so then when I'd start to play with artwork or make art I wanted something which was unique but something which I would basically still you know um delivers the core message of Islamic art mm. I mean art in general is an expression of 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 yourself right that's what artists they do they are free they are not put into boxes and lines and columns so you are kind of the free to express the way you want to express and i guess i think this was also one of the things you could probably kind of um, made you attracted to this field to express your identity because on as you I, I guess many some of the guests we talked that they have this identity kind of a crisis especially in early childhood because where they come from is muslim backgrounds right and then yeah. maybe if you grow up in, in Western society, 
uh, there are two between two, you know, civilizations. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah, you're a child, basically, uh, you're a child of two different worlds. And for example, growing up in the UK, people always shouting at you, or oh, where's your British values? And then at the home, you got your home parents values or Islamic heritage that you grow up. And then somehow, you know, I mean, the common problems like, you know, when you, as you're growing up, the alcohol or you know the vice kind of like parts of society in the western world are more acceptable and it's considered the norm i mean the first time when somebody tells me you know i don't eat bacon they're like what you know but they go bacon is delicious and then you could have but then you you felt but the funny thing is is that rather than focusing on the differences you try to focus on things which you both enjoyed i think this is why sporting events are kind of celebrated because everybody can connect over sports and say ah so you know i think when it comes to if you go back to art if there's something which you know um how would you say you make something and it can like move somebody emotionally or has a connection i think that's the real value behind that is that they have that like ability to connect because when they are looking at your art, they are not looking at you, but they're looking at exactly. creation. And if, as long as they connect, they connect with you. So it's this in between step that 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 takes away the race, that takes away their beliefs, that takes away all those things, right? And leaves the pure form mm. of connection. You know exactly. I mean, you know, even you can even take that step further, and then you could ah create pieces of work. Rather than giving someone answers, they can actually give you questions like, why did this person do that? Hmm. Um, like you look at some of the amazing architecture, it's not till, especially like they are humble. And people are fascinated, why was that developed in a certain way? Why are they using water? Why, why? And then people, and then it's not that people link that to the Quran. Oh, the reason why they use water, because, you know, it's kind of like they were representing elements of heaven and stuff. Mm. So there's sometimes, you know, you can elude people to questions and then, you know, they can come up, come follow the two, you know, possible answers to their, with their own conclusion. So in a way, um, I, I recently kind of uh, doing this, uh, the coaching education. Uh, one of the things we have learned um, from this uh, Tony Robbins certification is that he does something called breakthrough or strategic intervention or breaking the pattern so i think mm. from one thing is that what art is doing is that in a way it's saying um instead of looking at the thing as they are as a status quo when you're presenting art you're actually posing a question right you're posing question mm. what is it how is it and why is it and i think to start the dialogue right so it's something called a state of confusion when you are confused uh, it could be two states. You could get angry, or you could say, "What is what? What's going on?" I mean, when confused, when you, the world doesn't uh, kind of uh, continue as you expect, because most of the time it does, right? Because the gravity is yeah. working, everything working. But when you see an art, it's, it's one of the ways I can breaking this pattern. Hmm, interesting. Look at this. What is this? Why is this? And how is this? And I think. It's, uh, it's going to start off the question, I believe, and that may lead to open discussion and open hearts and open minds, hopefully. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that is so true. I mean, I think this is why people appreciate arts more, because, um, for example, if you get like a bunch of thinkers and scholars in a room, they can argue stuff till they're out of that, you know, lose their breath. But, you know, even the most stubborn person will or may, maybe will go back 
and go with the views they started off with. But when they see something of beautiful beauty or some sort of, you know, artistic mirror, they can't really argue against it. It actually, you know, you know touches their soul. Now, the, the, and I think this is why, you know, if you take back, um, I've said this in a previous talks, but when the, you know, when the Prophet was around, it was his beautiful qualities that people, you know, were attracted to him, the way he was generous, the way he taught, you know, he, all these were beautiful characteristics, you know, people could trust him with their own money. So it's that beautiful sense of, you know, the beauty of him, that people were attracted to, you know, to his um, um, aura, so to speak. Mm. I see. Um, so, as you were saying, so one of the challenges for you, I guess, usually, not only about Muslims, anybody, I guess, when your kid says, probably to parents, say, oh, I want to be artist, I mean, the first thing that came to parents' mind is, okay, you want to be artist, on the one side is good, you want to create a world, on the other side, as you said, stability, how do you <laughs> make sure, how do you be stable, how do you get married, you know, how do you make a sustainable income? And in your case, it was not only being artist, but it being artist for the Muslim market. That's just another level deep down. Do, 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 do the most funny thing, one of my, my biggest supporters or the people who buy my artwork hmm. are actually non-Muslims. Interesting, isn't it? But I found that really, really fascinating. Interesting, um, interesting. It's really very interesting. So, so I don't, I don't, uh, and, that, and I find that quite, well, I find that quite surprising um, when I was looking at the analytics report. But it's it's very true. But the thing which I, I wanted to focus on is that, um, regardless of what you do in life, anything you start with will be difficult. There will be hardship. If you, if you want to be a doctor, it will be difficult. You want to be an architect, it will be difficult. There is this knowledge. Even if you want to get a job sweeping, you know, the roads, there is a difficult task there just to, you know, learn the machinery and stuff. So everything comes with difficulty. And it's your kind of like persistence. Nearly, and this is why even if you want to be, you know, an entrepreneur, most entrepreneurs fail because of that hardship. Mm. So... No matter, so basically, one thing is it's, it's not enough to be good. You also have to have a kind of like business mind on the back of that as well. So it's all about, also it's about promoting yourself, selecting projects which, you know, progressing yourself, have a mm. kind of like good kind of, there's all these elements. I mean, to, to, all there's all these different elements that, you, that need to, if you want to basically strive as a, you know, uh, to make a commercial income making good stuff is not enough mm. you have to have a you know the business sense to Absolutely. match with that we'll, we'll come to that in a moment so one thing i really want to understand is that like uh, for you when did you know you wanted to become a graphic artist an islamic you know i would say muslim graphic artist was it like from you knew that from the from from when you were like a teenager i guess or it came to be at the later on for you? I, I think, you know, I think this is the funny thing. Um, there's, for some weird reason, I don't know why, but I think with most Muslims, they suffer from an inferiority, inferiority complex. That's right. Yeah. That they think they're not good enough or yeah. the Islamic world stuff isn't good enough. But earlier on, I started using a lot of like, 
you know, geometry elements or kind of like minimalistic Islam nods to Islamic arts, kind of like, you know, using things like pseudocalligraphy mm. um, and arabesque elements, like a miniature nod in my work, which I was uh, commercial work. Um, and funny enough, those kind of stuff were picking up because I think some of my earliest work, they weren't blatant, like, how would you say, full-on Islamic. It, it, you kind of have to, like, put bespoke it to it. And so I kind of, so basically, you have this rich tapestry of our history, mm. um, which, you know, people think, oh, we need to copy the West, the Western style, the West. Mm. But we have our own heritage, we have our own culture. I mean, you know, there's, there's like, for example, if you, if you use something more modern, uh, Black Panther, for example, which was a huge financial success, mm. that was made with, um, you know, a black director, a black cast, even the designs, the costumes were traditional African costume, which they kind of elevated mm. and modernized it. Mm. And, and I think that's the one thing that people need to focus on. They shouldn't use Islamic art as a point, uh, say, uh, you know, you know, that we, it needs to look like that and needs to stick in the past. I think we should, you know, respect what's happened in the past, respect the masters of the past, but use that as a foundation to move things along. So basically, so basically evolve those design concepts into, you know, modern day design work and stuff. Mm. And if, if, for example, William Morris is, is still considered a genius, but to be fair, he just stole everything from the Middle East. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to be honest. I don't know William Morris's because uh, <laughs> that's maybe that's how much I know. Is he is he artist? He was one of is during the 1800s. He oh, okay. he basically he he was considered a revolutionary designer. Okay. Um, but he used a lot of like you can blatantly tell Moorish inspired wallpapers and such. But they were definitely all kind of like. Um, inspired by Islamic art. Oh, really? Interesting. Interesting. I'm oh, sorry, know. 1900s. 1900s, my bad. Okay. okay. Interesting. Okay. So what you were saying is that, okay, of course you didn't know when you were growing up you were going to be a Muslim graphic artist, but what you started doing is that you started using some elements, right? Yes. And, and then I kind of evolved that because I think, what, like I said, I wanted to use, but the, the thing was which kind of told my parents and I think this is also relevant, is that I think most people will assume you will fail. I don't think this is what family or friends are really bad if you want to basically progress, because either they'll tell you you'll fail or they'll give you empty promises or empty belief in yourself. Like? So some, so for, is, you, you probably have seen on X Factor where somebody's like, oh, I'm, my daughter is the greatest singer in the world. She's fantastic. She's fantastic. Mm. And then they go on stage and she gets mercilessly, you know, slaughtered because they give them that blind hope. Yes, you need to give them encouragement, but at the same time, you also need to give them, you know, reality useful, sex. yeah, reality sex. Say, no, you need to improve this. You need to prove that. And I think that's a slight disadvantage. But but funny enough, sometimes you have to prove things to them before they can have belief in you. Like before, I, I they thought I was wasting my time. But then when I was getting, you know, asked to exhibit in places like, you know, Dubai, Malaysia, America, then they realize, oh, you know, he's onto something, he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, and it, it's not even that. I mean, for example, 
if I use to use like a Western example, like Christopher Nolan, he's currently, would you agree, a celebrated director right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and have you seen the movie Inception? Inception, yes, I did. I think also yes. we saw the recent one, uh, Tenet, right? Yes. Now the funny thing about Inception, he went to Warner Brothers and wanted to make that, and they'll go. Who are you? Get lost. We don't want to make this. Hmm. And then he made Batman. Then he made The Dark Knight, which made over a billion pounds. And then he comes back and says, I want to make this project. And they're like, OK, yeah, because then they you proof. You've earned, you made us a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, we can have we can believe we can trust you with this project. Though. So I think, you know, so, so sometimes yeah, you have to prove yourself to your parents that you, you know what you're doing, because hmm. I, I think because as each generation comes and goes, there'll be always new issues. Like for example, those issues with my father's age, which he didn't have to worry about, which is now over. Cause now right now, cause in my father's age, you could eat, let's say if you wanted to become a mechanic, you could go to any mechanic and go to him, look, I want to be, be an apprentice. I want to do this, I want to do that. If you mm. trust me, give me some time, I can work hard for you and you won't regret it. And they'll go, sure, come in tomorrow and we'll, we'll start you up. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. Now you can't do that. They want everything's done online. It's done electronically. Mm -hmm. If to submit stuff, maybe in the Western world, maybe it's true. If I go to Morocco or something, then they follow that. You get like a trades, but everything's done online. There's nothing where you could just walk in and you know request a job, for example. Mm -hmm. So things can like evolve and change over time. That's right. That's right. Um, do you have any education, brother, on how to be a graphic designer, or you learn on your own? But funny enough, um, I think there's a there's definitely I understand why some people go to schools to learn art, but I think with most creative art, uh, just to learn core principles, I think is really important. But creative flair cannot be learned. No, you, you cannot teach creativity. <laughs> no, That's right. I can tell I can tell you how to use a brush, hmm. but you know I can't. You know I can't you know, pull your creativity out. You cannot tell people what to draw, right? Then it's not, it's just a mechanical robot thing, just following yeah. someone. Yeah, exactly. So what I did, I spent a lot of time self-learning. Plus, I also spent time with a few masters. So, you know, learning about typography, I spent time with learning about Islamic calligraphy, mm -hmm. learning about geometry. So I set aside personally to, you know, learn about the different arts and spent a lot of time of self-education. Mm. Um, but regarding any ijazas or formal qualifications, I could say no. Um, I think I've even learned it's probably all my ideas and stuff. Like, but then to be fair, I think not, as a as true student, you never ever stop learning. You're always learning new Absolutely. stuff. You're always developing. And I think regardless of a young age or, you know, um, an old person, you're always learning. Um, and the only difference is between the young, the youth and the old is time. When you're young, you have lots of time. But as you get older, you got, you know, responsibilities, that time becomes more valuable and it becomes more scarce. That's right. So, so then it's time which actually has real kind of values. You're, even when you're picking projects, do you pick this project? Do you pick, you know, another project? It's all time related. Um, and so that's how I spend my time. So I always have to allocate time to myself where I'm also learning stuff, improving my skill set. Because even some people say I'm a professional, but I still say I'm still a student. I'm still learning. And the problem about knowledge is the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know anything. 
Absolutely. And then you're, it's this constant learning cycle. And it doesn't matter whatever professional job you do, you're always learning. Like I said, technology keeps moving. Mm. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Um, so one more question would be, so like you said, you are um, like by the, uh, you know, you learn this on your own. You could have been a graphic artist on your own, right? Or however you have chosen to be, uh, I would say, what is the right way? Should we call you a Muslim graphic artist or the Islamic graphic artist? What is, what would be the right term? I, to be honest, uh, I, I always often have this conversation with myself <laughs> on the mental state, because basically, am I a Muslim who makes art mm. or, or am I an artist that creates, you know, Islamic inspired art? Now, the, I think the core thing is, is what the end product is. I mean, if I'm just doing, and I think this is where sometimes I chop and change, because if if the piece that I'm making is to glorify the divine, mm. then I believe that's a Muslim artist. You're okay. making stuff to celebrate the divine. But then if I'm doing an art, a piece of work where it's bespoke or something different, mm. then or like a personal project, then I'm just being a, you know, a normal graphic artist or designer. But I think it's what you're representing at the end of the day. I mean, if, um, and I think this is why some people, I think people get confused. And especially with like art, I mean, like I said, the core value of Islamic art is to celebrate or glorify the divine. Now, if you're not doing that, it shouldn't be called Islamic art. You're just being an artist. Mm. Um, anyway, those are kind of like some of the things, concepts, which I kind of like think of when I'm alone at night. Okay, okay. Um, sounds good. Um, imagine, like, you've been on this one. How long have you been on this journey? Current, uh, I say I'm still on this journey, and it's probably mm. for a good 10 years now. Yeah. Like, what would you say when you were like 10 years ago? Imagine you're at the moment before you start this journey. What have you learned during this 10 years period? What would you have signed you have done differently to your younger self? Um, always ask for the money up front. <laughs> That's a good advice. Now, this is, uh, you, uh, I, I say that with a pinch of salt and, a bit, and I just a little bit, but the fact is, this is what I tell young artists, designers, that if you have truly great skill, never ever undersell yourself. Mm. Um, respect yourself and keep, because uh, there's the amount of times where I've reduced my fees or um, asked for, they say you'd be compensated for exposure and all that garbage, I fell for it. Mm. Um, full of, and I think the industry knows that and it takes advantage of that. Um, and I think what young designers, young artists need to know is that they should stick what they think their value is, mm. double it, and then, you know, stick to those to those cause values. Because as a lot as because time and time again, I see people taking advantage of. But you know, that's on a you know business sense. But on a creative sense, I mean, I think like I mentioned before, one of the bad things is time. You know, the passion becomes before the skill. You need to have the passion. 
you can skills you can learn you can develop i'm always learning new things because you know i've used digital elements you spray cans natural paint you know those skill sets you can learn over time but that passion that drive it has to be there um otherwise you know if there's no passion you just won't be creating anything which you you know that you really be proud of mm. Um, okay, okay. So you've been on this thing, like as you said, for for many years. I'm I'm looking at some of the arts right now on the website. What I what what I want to understand is, like there are different types of art, right? Um, mm -hmm. different types of drawing. So which one do you see yourself? Like what type of art do you usually do? And that's a uh, this is a question I would like to ask. Like, sorry, could you expand on that question? Sure. For example, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't call myself like a very expert in art. So, but like with my limited knowledge, I know there are different types of expressing yourself, right? Um, mm -hmm. Even in the comes to drawing, you know, someone takes the photography, someone does the drawings with their hands, some of them do digital manipulation, you know what I mean? Which one uh, comes more natural to you or you do everything? Like, do you know what I mean? I think this is, this is, I, I, I think, with me personally, I like experimenting. And I like, as mentioned before, I like to evolve. I don't want to be stale and statistic in one area. Mm. I want to see what other mediums, and I think and what I really love to do, like, for example, I love to mix up cultures, get inspiration from the West, inspiration from the East, East and mix them together to create something unique. So I think this, you know, this kind of like union of different cultures is, I, I think is probably one of the best ways to have difficult conversations with um, the people of different back, um, backgrounds and faiths. Mm -hmm. and, and at the same time, I love to use different elements. And, and this is, and I think this is important because I love to use digital elements and also use them literally use natural elements. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you've got to understand the best of both techniques to create something truly unique. Mm -hmm. And that will give a better experience. And so. I like, uh, I, you could say I'm a visual, visual hip hop art, um, okay. visual, cause I like to sample things from different areas and use mm. them to create something bespoke. Mm -hmm. Cause that's yeah, I can, what I can I'm see passionate. that in, in your style. It's, it's, it's elements, different elements, right? There's graphic, there's photo and different elements coming together. Awesome. Mm. So, um, you know what? My next question could be a little bit on the business side cause the, being artists, we can talk about all day long, being creative and all the stuff. Uh, I'm also thinking about the maybe young artists who are listening to us, maybe Muslim brothers and sisters, you know, because we don't know where they are. Maybe they are just like you are thinking, you know, I, I'm into art, I want to one day to make this into my living. So my question would be like, how does it like, does it work? Like, are you going to go, uh, are you, like people come to you do like a bespoke one time uh, art you do that and, and you sell in a higher price or you are doing like you do one-time art and you kind of sell it like i don't know I mean, like a, like a print on demand platforms or you're doing maybe a bit of both i don't understand so i just want to ask that part of the business if you mind if you don't mind sharing so maybe sure. you know it will help sure. no, artists, oh, so, you know? so I, know, I guess if you wanted to support business minded i do it like a different type of thing so then a lot of because as I was growing up, I worked in like the professional field, and sometimes 
when you're working in the professional field, you're sometimes working with really uninspiring people, unfortunately. So sometimes I'll get frustrated and then I used to take those ideas back home and then use them in my own projects. Because sometimes when you, you create your own personal projects, you kind of like, there's nobody holding you back. So you unleash your full potential that you want to. So with those pieces, I make one-off kind of like, you know, portfolio pieces to show what I can do. Never, um, one thing I'll tell people, young artists is never ever do free work where someone says it'll be good for your portfolio if you want to do good portfolio work do it yourself in your own time mm. you know don't do don't do it for other people um um for those you always charge so those portfolios and those ones are sold for prints and then it's a case of self-marketing those basically sharing them on different platforms instagram um available on, on a shopping cart and so and we're off the back of those I normally get uh, commission projects from like locations because sometimes I, I I'm recently I've made my own custom wallpaper mm -hmm. and I've been contacted a few times to do a few offices and different locations mm -hmm. um, and then I'll share those so basically you know if they're happy for me to share it I normally share the stuff which I do for like office and stuff and then sometimes and so those are the areas so then it's basically making yourself, but the most important thing is work with projects that you're A, believe in, mm. and B, match your values. Like you will never see my my design work on the back of a bear bottle, for example, because that would be a clash of like, um, or even like, you know. Bear bottle uh, what? Oh, oh, so like a back of a, a packet of alcohol or beer. Oh, beer, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you want to see my designs and beer because that's a clash of, you know, morales and stuff. Your mm. values, exactly. So then stick to your core values and beliefs. And trust me, there have been times where my values have come into question. Uh, but I like to, but then, you know, you want to associate with brands which you want to be partnered up with, which has share your same values as you. Mm. Um, so it's to keep an eye and basically if you're not happy just pull out you don't have to commit all the way through if you feel that something's not right normally go with your gut judgment mm. cool sounds good um i can see you have uh, lots of lots of uh, artwork on your on your shop as well and it's something also you also market uh, like actively Yes, so I normally share those. There's a previous, either previous personal projects I've done or stuff which I, I made like a, a, a piece of artwork. Mm. And then, then I just sell the prints of them because they're in it, because there's a huge demand for them. Mm. I see. So, for example, if I'm just looking at all your work like Hajj, Ablution, or even Kalam, right? So, if I click and add the basket, so what am I getting when I receive it? Is, is it like a poster? Is that correct? No, those are actually fine art prints. So those are specially silkscreen prints that are uh, done on either really high-end artistic paper, which mm. roughly has a lifespan of about 90 years. Mm. So you could actually pass that down as long as you know you don't throw it into a swimming pool or put it in direct sunlight. So it's not actual poster, it's actually a fine art print. Mm. So... So I mean, this one you can you can put in a, a frame and you can put on a wall. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, no? that's correct. Good to know. Good to know. Sounds good. Sounds good. So what I mean is the last, as a last uh, word, I would say, either a question I should ask, like you want to ask yourself, maybe I haven't, 
or maybe there is any advice for the young and upcoming artists that you would like to give um, as a you know as a Muslim graphic artist I guess what would what, what would you say I think time is probably the most valuable asset you'll have hmm. always spend invest in yourself first spend time improving yourself uh, developing your skill set I think that's probably as you get older you realize how uh, value becomes time becomes because you you have less of it um, so when you're especially in younger days improve yourself uh, develop your skill set build yourself a personal perf portfolio and then market yourself off and basically take on projects that you're happy to you know complete and if something doesn't feel right don't commit to it just mm. walk away makes sense makes sense uh, can you tell us uh, where people can find if you want to learn more about you? You can mention your website, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, whatever. sure. I mean, if, if anybody wants any advice or want to cook up or check out my portfolio, they can easily go to my website, teaksterco.uk, mm -hmm. or I'm also available on, on Instagram and Twitter. And if they can easily post me questions there, and hopefully, um, if I'm around either near yourself or uh, another exhibition i'll let people know where they can come and meet me thank you we also of course we also mentioned these links in the show notes as well so they can come yeah can come i'm more than happy to answer any questions or queries they have thank you thank you for your time pleasure talking to you ever the pleasure's all mine